this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, from 1987, starring Michael Ironside. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, a bi-weekly movie podcast that features hosts Brandon and Cullen discussing a film from cinema's past. Considered, but not limited to, being a cult classic. As a disclaimer, each episode will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Episodes available on cultcinemacavalcade.com and iTunes. Like the show on Facebook and follow on Twitter at CC Cavalcade. For questions, suggestions, and all inquiries, contact us via mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. America. This is Colt Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 30. This is Brandon. And as always, is your co-hoster, you may not have come with, but he's the one you're taking home, Cullen. Hi, gang. It's me. Today we are talking Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Cullen, what's happening at the prom this year? 30 years after her accidental death at 1957 senior prom, the tortured spirit of prom queen Mary Lou Maloney returns to seek revenge. Hello, Mary Lou. Prom Night 2 is directed by Bruce Pittman, written by Ron Oliver, and stars Wendy Lyon, Michael Ironside, Louis Ferreira, Lisa Schrage, Richard Monette, and Brock Simpson. Hi again. We're Cult Cinema Cavalcade. As we say at the top, our episodes drop every other Monday. If you are a frequent listener or follow us on social media um you'll note that we we did have a guest scheduled for this one justin beam but unfortunately justin's unable to be a part of this episode which he did select the movie which kind of sucks but um he will be coming on in october to reschedule for the episode because cedar rapids iowa is having a massive uh flooding and he is out uh, doing much better work than uh, this podcast by helping uh, friends uh, evacuate and uh, get out of their uh, flooded homes. He's more or less being a superhero instead of recording the yeah. show, so we, we can't no, argue with and that. And if, if you're looking uh, to any ways you may want to um, help uh, with uh, or donate or, or assist in their situation, uh, you should check the uh, local Cedar Rapids, Iowa news stations for any sort of information. But they are having like a record worst uh, flooding. I looked at some pictures. It's it's bad, and it you know they're like we're lucky in this world to have people like Justin who will go out and help uh, people in need. But don't worry, he will be coming back on the episode. Uh, he really wanted to be here. Uh, he really likes this movie. But uh, unfortunately, it's not going to happen. But uh, he's going to come on. We're going to talk about a different movie, and we're going to, you know, he's going to you know talk about maybe give us some cool inside info on uh, some of his upcoming guests and stuff for his podcast that is terrific, which is uh, Justin Beam Radio Hour, which you should check out. 
on we are still doing hello mary lou prom night two as we've mentioned uh colin this is your your first trip to the prom night that's true <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah i haven't seen any of the prom night movies at all uh, i know jimmy lee curtis is in the first one and that's about all i know about the prom night movies i know there was a prom night uh remake a few years ago that apparently was atrocious, which I never yeah, saw. You are either. not wrong so. on that. Uh, I, I guess I'm the prom night fan here. Uh, the, did you you were aware that it was like this franchise that got like a, a like a good number of sequels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew there were multiple prom night movies, but I mean, I just figured that they were just pretty standard uh, slasher movies. Uh, however, uh, prom night two seems to be a bit different right. than right. that. Uh, the first one was. Um, Came in the wake of the Halloween Friday the Thirteenth slashers, where you know you pick a calendar day or uh, or an important day of the year, and in prom night, I think a lot of its fame came from you know, picking prom night, having Jamie Lee Curtis in there because this was it was her first one. I think she did it after, I think she did it after John Carpenter's The Fog. It was like her first non-Carpenter movie uh, slasher to follow up Halloween because despite her breakout in Halloween, she wasn't getting calls. Like she got like a TV guest spot here or there that she did with like her mom. And then they did, yeah. and, you know, she worked with John Carpenter and Deborah Hill again on the fog. And it wasn't until like after the fog that she started getting some calls, but it was like, it was horror movies again. So she did prom night, uh, terror train and an Australian film called road games, which were also, you know, variations on slashers. And this one, I think it, you know, most known notable popular but it i was never a big fan it also had leslie nielsen in it um that's notable in one of his mm-hmm. last dramatic roles before he'd go more full-on comedy but the movie in every home video iteration was always so damn dark and you couldn't tell what's going on and it's a slower burn slasher with not a lot of like heavy gore it does have some blood and stuff but it was just it's kind of hard to see shit so i I was never that big a fan of it, but then uh, Synapse Films, my heroes, restored it on Blu-ray, and it's a whole new experience uh, watching it to where I was like, I'm enjoying this, and it really uh, illustrates, too, um, the soundtrack to that movie is a score. It's a disco score, but it's all mm. knockoff songs. It's like songs that sound like other songs you know, but they're not them. I was hoping it was spooky disco like Friday the Thirteenth Part it Three. It gets you boogieing. I'll tell you that. It's it's, oh, it's uh, yeah. There's like a a take on like I will survive <laughs> on there. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. It's, it's pretty fun. But um, yeah, that movie, you know, the movie came and didn't get sequelized. And then today's film was originally went into production. The horror at or the haunting of Hamilton High, and then they decided uh, to cash in since it was taking place on prime night and they thought it would sell better as prom night too. So they whipped that title and in reshoots added some things to sort of merge the two, which I don't mm-hmm. think it would take much. So you're saying it's like troll two. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the much. first yeah, movie. It has nothing to do with the first movie. They made prom night three afterward. And that one, that one follows two's story with Mary Lou, but it, it tries to be a horror comedy and it's eh, but and 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 then when they did the fourth one, it's just its own slasher story with no um no I mean yeah, entertainment. Well, it's it's just gen, it's just <laughs> generic know. slasher. I, I just remember that I think there was this really hot blonde in it that got naked, and I was like that was a highlight for me <laughs> back when I was a kid. <laughs> 
Wait, wait, an attractive woman in a slasher movie gets naked? <laughs> well, that's a must-see. Must uh, but the, the connective tissue of the film, the, the four films that relates, is uh, there's a line of dialogue. It's not who you come with. It's who takes you home. And then actor Brock Simpson is in all four. He doesn't play the same person, but he's in all four movies. He's the guy, he's the geek guy that has... That has that knows how to use a computer to rig the prom outcome. That guy. Oh, he's, okay. He's a, okay. I believe he's a kid in one of the kids in a flashback in Prom Night One, and then he's who he is in Prom Night Two. Prom Night Three, I think he's another high schooler, and then Prom Night Four, he plays a priest. <laughs> um, he's all yeah, grown up. So he he's a part of the connective tissue. He didn't name bring him back for the remake. That would have been a nice touch. Um, but the remake, because the remake could have used. I mean, it's got Idris Elba, but but seriously, don't go near. It's it's terrible. Um, Screen Gems did horrible horror remakes. Um, when it was popular, because you know they're you know the Texas Chainsaw got remade, and then they started doing everything, and they got Prom Night, freaking terrible, just uncaring, and it was PG thirteen, uh, remake, which I'm not against PG thirteen, but this one just didn't have i mean he wasn't even pushing boundaries of pg-13 to me and then they, they also did stepfather which is a, a terrific slasher with terry o'quinn and um jill shulin and they remade that and it was terrible too but um yeah that's kind of, it's kind of a little background on the prom night franchise well i'm glad you know that because i knew none I'm of a, it so now so please if, talk to somebody if you listen there. here and you follow uh, my writing you'll know i am a huge huge slasher fan i i collect them i i just i just setting up 18s and knocking them dead is just i guess my thing <laughs> to watch happen but I'm, I'm a big fan it's just it's a weird i get a fascination out of seeing like how different people tackle different concepts considering my favorite film's halloween i also like seeing what different uh directors writers and people like pull from that movie because i was they were constantly knocking it off so i'm like what what important what things did they deem important from that movie to bring over here? It's just a, a weird fascination I have. But I always I grew up watching all these like slasher movies and I've said before that they were kinda like my you know, I wasn't I wasn't against John Hughes movies. I watched them, but like those were kinda like my teen movies back in the day and that's where I got like my one liners that I guess nobody knew what I was talking about and and teen characters that I'd, you know, sit and like think about and like point oh, I know that guy in real life and I know this guy, but I don't know. That's I have a large knowledge of the slasher genre. If you if you take nothing else away from this show, remember that Brandon loves seeing underage people I get do. murdered. It's, a, it's, a, it's been a lifelong hobby, I guess. <laughs> well, I'm glad you can experience more <laughs> yeah. of it with the prom night. Yes, so there we go. Uh, it's being a prom night too. Uh, let's uh, dig into it. Enjoying the prom? Not much. You? music's too loud this rock and roll will never last our intro we get a, a background flashback to prom 1957 uh, we meet mary lou uh maroney and she goes to a church confessional where she um talks about all these uh, promiscuous things that she's confessing to a priest and then tells him she loved every minute of it and maybe the first person in history to write their own name on a for a good time call with their phone number in lipstick. lipstick in a confessional booth it's pretty awesome this girl knows what she wants and she knows where they get it because she knows where the sinners go obviously because anyone can just use a restroom but the sinners go to confession yeah. this is popping into my head right now 
a thought I didn't have in my notes or anything, but do you think, are they trying to tell us that there's something, was Mary Lou just a complete asshole, or, or are we trying to think that there's something in that school that was possessing her at the time, too? Uh, no, I, th- I think, behavior? It, I think, it's, yeah, it's just surface level yeah. stuff. She was just a, a, an unpleasant person that loved to yes. hump. At the prom, she's got her date, Billy, and she sends him to go for some punch while chewing on her gum and notices another guy chewing on his gum, who's Cooper, and they take off, and the boyfriend has some guy pretty much uh, lets him in knowing what she's done, and as he goes to confront Mary Lou as she's all over Cooper, she hears that she's only going out with him because his dad's rich. And they have a confrontation. Mary Lou chooses Cooper to go with and mention, and says our line, it's not who you come with, it's who you take home. And Billy goes to the bathroom where somebody's making a, a stink bomb. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the makers of Prom Night 2 know what a stink <laughs> yeah. bomb is. They're making an actual bomb. Yeah. It looks like a stick of dynamite wrapped in masking tape. Yeah, and Billy, Billy takes the stink bomb and they have the Mary Lou is announced as prom queen, and we get a uh, Carrie moment gone wrong. <laughs> I mean, more, yeah, more wrong. wrong I guess a stink bomb, and the fuse hits the stage, and it catches her dress on fire, and she burns alive as everyone just watches. Yeah, there's no one in the crowd. It's like we should probably try to help her, right? Like, no, one, no. everyone just kind of stands around and screams like. There's no, no one's one, got like, a jacket no... to throw on her and pat her down. No one's got a yeah, fire extinguisher. She's all... Yeah, she's on a stage. Are there no curtains that you can smother her with? Yeah, it's really it's gruesome. It is gruesome. It's it's really good special effects. Like you can see like her face getting charred and everything. It's it's yeah. grisly, but it's very well yeah. done. Um and also, also, uh, her actual boyfriend, uh, you know, the guy that she's making out with and grabbing his crotch, like, hard. I mean, she reaches in there, and this is, she's like, God bless America, oh, yes. or she's something like that, yes. right? I don't remember the exact conversation, but I remember she gets a handful of balls and says, God bless America. Uh, but her actual boyfriend... How old is this guy? He looks like he's in his late yeah, 30s. Yeah, he looks like he's where he, like working for some tech company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got like a receding hairline and it looks like he needs to uh end the 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 prom so he can go home and pick up his kids from the babysitter. He should not be at this it's, prom. It's, Ironside was cast at first and they're like we need a guy that looks like a little Michael Ironside and they didn't think <laughs> young. They just thought like, "Hey, <laughs> You look like him. Yeah. I don't even know if he looks that much <laughs> like him to pull it off right. either. Uh, the, the basement there, a chest shuts and closes like a like a military like or you know chest that you keep closing stuff in. And we go to modern times where we meet Vicky, who's readying herself at home while the dude in a motorcycle drives over, and she has breakfast with her uh, yin and yang parents. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why uh, they're together at all. Opposites attract. The, yeah, the mom is a huge piece of shit. She is. She. This is She's a religious zealot. More, yeah, this is more of the Carrie yeah. feel in this movie, because uh, this movie is like, uh, what? Uh, it, it, it's like Carrie and Nightmare on yeah, Elm yeah, Street. Yeah, very much. It's it's Freddie and Carrie put together. 
Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's a good mashup. I mean, it, it knows it's that, and but it it has some fun with it. And we'll I'm we'll talk more about certain details of that as we go because it's quite fun to see that. The guy picking her up is Craig, and it's prom time. They go to some diner, and he gives her a cross necklace uh, to have as a gift. And in cl- we go to class. Josh, who is uh, played by Brock Simpson. That we mentioned. Yeah, he's, he's in the other he's three the, movies. Or yeah, totally yeah. other movie. Okay. He's got like a potato yeah, he, clock or something. And he's acting like he's a mad right. scientist because he made a potato clock. Yeah. And it's like, okay, calm, calm yeah. down, buddy. Calm yeah. down. He's talking about the the uh, the annals of history and how painful they can be because he's so clever. Vicky, meanwhile, is talking to her friend, her hot friend. What was her name? Hot, hot friend. friend. I can't remember. I, don't I got know. her name. It's, there's several like women in this movie that I just didn't even take the time to learn their names. Not because I'm sexist, just because I didn't think they were right. important characters. <laughs> I could tell like you're just meat for the slaughter in this movie. It's like, all right, we got we got brunette meat, we got blonde meat, we've got the artistic friend meat, whatever. Yeah. And her friend, she's full of herself and can't believe she's not getting asked out. Well, meanwhile. A guy pretty much goes to ask her out, and she tells him to, like, blow off. Prom's like a week away, and I don't have to eat. Excuse me, Monica. Could I speak to you after school? Get lost, asshole. So why don't guys ask me out? And who wouldn't want to be with someone like that? (laughs) Craig goes to visit his father, Principal Bill, and uh, he's played by Michael Ironside, and we're pretty sure Bill is, like, the same Bill from the opening. Yeah, yeah. I had to check. They slowly <laughs> unveil that, but it's it's. You're like, yeah. okay, this is uh, yeah, this is older Bill. Yeah, but I had to check the age difference between Michael Ironside and the guy playing his son because I thought like these guys are like the same age, but they're not. They're like 16 years apart. It's like, oh well, I guess that's kind of believe. That's believable enough. Yeah. You don't have to have the exact ages on these people, but still. The, the, the guy playing Craig looks older than right. he is. Craig is uh, Louis Ferreira, who's actually gone on to have a pretty good career in television. Yeah, yeah. They have an argument about uh, his future because he's, he's not going to go to college right away. He's going to work for a year. That's what he wants to do. And uh, another friend of Vicky's, Jess, is uh, telling her she's going to the hospital for some dumb checkup, which she's a super 80s girl. Got the hair. Yeah, she's the artistic yeah, one, she's right? Crazy yeah. One. But then we get these like little uh, moments in the the high school. We get a very very eighties vibe from these moments. It's like this is the definitely if the prom first prom night was very much the early eighties taking off from the late later seventies with all the disco. This one is now in super eighties mode. Yeah, and that's another thing that adds to the nightmare on Elm Street yeah. feel because those are very eighties. Mm-hmm feeling movies and you know like her artistic friend she's got big uh she's got big hair but it's not like oh i mean she might have had big bangs i don't remember but it's big hair but it's big like i'm a strung out artist hair you know not like not big i'm popular hair it was just yeah uh the the prop room in the high school has the chest that we saw earlier and it begins shaking and vicky enters in there to check out some dresses she jimmies it open and uh, after when she opens the chest, the class photo in Principal Bill's office cracks, and he has flashes back to the prom night. And in the chest, Vicky finds Mary Lou's belongings, 
and Bill heads to the church where the priest approaches, uh, and but he drives away. Bill, who we should mention, has committed murder that apparently he got away with back in the day. <laughs> you know, crap. <clears throat> it's not even, I mean, you can't even like say like, oh, oops, he did it by accident. Who cares? You killed someone. You're going to jail. Also, you killed someone in a school. Which... Now he's the principal of the same school. Right, which is a stink bomb. Someone There was evidence, and then they'd be like, okay, you made the stink bomb? And he's like, no, no, but I gave it to Bill. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. There's a We go to the art class where uh, there's a ballet class going on in the same room. <laughs> and <laughs> They must have cut the funding right. and just joined dance. Like, it's like, Well, they're both artistic, right? Great, put them in the same room. <laughs> and Vicky and her friends talk about the 1957 prom where the queen died, and Jess gets upset at the girls talking about them talking bail bails on them, and Vicky finds in her in the locker room, hurled in the corner, and she reveals that what we knew when she said she was just going on a routine hospital trip that she's pregnant, and the guy who's the father isn't returning her calls and is avoiding her. But don't worry, Jess, because nighttime rolls around, and she's obviously after us at school where the janitor tells her to lock up. Yeah, why is she at school so late? Because it's, it's dark. It's not even like it's like sunset. It's dark. It's like 10 right. o'clock. Uh, Vicky's left the tiara that she found in the, the chest that was Mary Lou's. And uh, she starts, Jess starts like pricking out the jewels in it. Is this before or after she puts on the D&D cloak that was with Mary Lou's stuff? I think she goes in the prop room and then, well, in the check, um, she checks something in the prop Cause room. Because there's, there's like that cloak that's with the, the, uh, the tiara. And I thought, where was this? That's her stuff. Why wasn't it charred yeah. if she was wearing it? Which she wasn't, by the way, when she was lit on fire. I don't, I don't understand because there's like with, with this stuff, uh, like the tiara and her other stuff. There's some kind of supernatural element going on with right. them, you right. know. The art room starts going crazy and wild, and then like this fabric strangles Jess and like starts dragging her to a paper slicer, and you're like, oh shit! And then no, it hangs her by a light instead, and then throws her out a window, and then the the jewel yeah. like, goes back on the crown. I just thought when that jewel goes back in the crown, sour grapes, yeah, Mary Jesus. Lou. You had you had this ability to do it the whole time. Like, did you have to kill her so other people, like, oh well, if anyone can uh, just pull this out of the tiara, I'll do it too. No one cares, Mary Lou, about this tiara. It's just some girl that was just screwing around with it. Sour grapes, sour, young lady. Sour grapes. Sourest. At the church, uh, the priest we saw is praying at an altar with uh, what we'll find is Mary Lou's yearbook photo. And it jumps off and falls to the ground. And next day at school, the students find out about uh, Jess and immediately have a funeral. Like in multiple right. Elm Street movies. But this is like, it's like instant. And it's like the funeral is like all kids and like two adults. Yeah, I, I guess she didn't have a yeah. lot of family. I mean, it wasn't a big funeral either. It was like, you know, 12 kids and like th three old people. Uh, she wasn't very well liked, I, I Vicky guess. Vicky wanders the cemetery and sees Mary Lou's tombstone. And uh, the queen pot competition gets heated in the hallway back at school with Vicky uh, telling, one, uh, telling one of the girls to... 
You shut your fucking mouth, bitch. Eh. Yeah, there's some and here, pretty awesome. And here's cool. At, at lunch, Vicky gets some crazy demonic dream, like a vision of creepy stuff, like being served. And she leaves and finds an empty hallway, and she drinks from the fountain, and blood spurts out. And it becomes this decrepit place where, like, some greaser guy tells her, like, I love you, Mary Lou, and then tries to molest her. And, man, this is like, you know, here you go, Nightmare on Elm Street right here. Yeah, because it's – I really love how this is done. And this is, I'd say, on par or better than a lot of what Elm Street brings and and feels true to, like, what's going on in the story and – Mm-hmm. What would be a fear of Vicky is not just like, hey, Mary Lou stuff. and Yeah, yeah. It, it adds another wrinkle to it because um, – oh, that that was the other thing I, w- I was going to mention. I forgot earlier that this movie is um, Carrie, Nightmare on Elm Street, and The Exorcist. Like all three of these yeah. kind of rolled into one. Yeah, definitely. And this is – and that you know, the, this kind of leads into The Exorcist part of it where it's kind of like she's become like – when she says like shut your fucking mouth bitch that is mary lou talking through her cuz right, she's you yeah. know possessed and yeah and now we're in the, the 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 elm street part where we got like the empty hallways that are darkly lit and there's just like leaves whipping around <laughs> like mm-hmm. like in elm street you know for whatever reason dead leaves spook people right. out that's what Wes craven well, I think it's thinks. like it, it gives that like ghost town feels like you gotta i mean like sometimes things have to be cinematic which in logic sense is like what but you need it to to get a point across to like the most common audience and that's one way of of doing it no i agree that if you want to make things spooky it it has to be some kind of ghost town thing like you said you can't have tumbleweeds going through (laughs) like then it's because then it becomes like a joke but with leaves, it's still kind of it creepy. It gives that yeah. like, fall cemetery feel where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm alone. Mm-hmm. And, and it works. It gets, it's pretty cool stuff. The next uh, next morning, Vicky gets her acceptance letter from Western University. But then she tells her parents she's going to be like Craig and take the next year off work. And then the mom prays and weird demonic sounds are heard by Vicky when she's playing. And she goes to her room, paints her nails, and then does herself up 50 style and and gets all crazy and removes her lipstick. Yeah, I got. I gotta say, I thought it was a big improvement. Like the makeup <laughs> on her, like, like, like I'm not someone. that's like, man, I, I love it when women wear a bunch of makeup. But with her, it was like, oh, you're actually kind of well. It's weird. She's now. very um for final girl. Like, oh, it's a blonde, but it's like she's very normal looking, or not like they're not like going. It's because it, no, normally they'll go for like this like girl next door look but i mean she's still super hot or something like that and this is, yeah and, and they yeah. make i mean they take her vicky in this movie and she looks like garbage at like one point because of all the crap that's going on with her she just looks like sickly and stuff yeah. and it's like holy crap well again you know like it's like you know that's the carry yeah. element of it where it's a pretty kind of a plain looking girl i mean she's not as plain as a sissy spacek but still it's, it's definitely an element in the movie but i mean like yeah and like it, but I mean, in Carrie, like Sissy Spacek does have that plain and like weird, like you know, kind of kind of look. But then when she goes to prom, you're like, holy crap, <laughs> she cleans up really good. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of what this scene yeah. is, you know. Uh, there's a weird guy begins to ask a hot girlfriend out for a prom on a walk. Uh, that uh, Josh, and yeah, the the, the potato clock guy yeah, from earlier. And, 
And when I saw this scene, I thought, like, who, who cares? Yeah, it does have a funny, a funny bit though when they talk about, you know, oh, this could start in dating, or we're just doing for this one night, and and then they, he says that they. They should kiss and get out of the way before they go so they don't have to do it in front of people. And, and she kisses him and accepts the date. And he goes, anything else you want to get out of the way? Which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was all right. But again, it's like, what the? Okay. Whatever movie. Let's keep really going. It really makes no bearing on the rest of it. Because even if he was going stag, he'd be at prom. I mean, he's exactly. he's yeah. a bit important in the, the prom stuff later. Uh, his, the friend really isn't. Yeah, he, he ends up being important, right. but you don't know it yet. And then in gym class, uh, Kelly, who is the biggest competition for prom queen, who's vicious, she throws a ball like at Vicky's head, and then Vicky's knocked out and has another dream vision. And this one's cool. Like, has a team of girls all in blue coming towards her, saying "Mary Lou," and she falls back and is trapped in this big spider web. And then she's woken up in class and just says, "I'm not Mary Lou." which happens to be overheard by Principal Bill, who goes then to the prop room and notes the chest has been open, and he closes it as he has a flashback. I wonder, he seems to understand that this trunk has some kind of connection to Mary Lou, which makes me wonder, why does he keep the trunk in the school? Why would he try to bury this or burn it or get rid of it? Like I think he's, like, he's partially uh, he... in denial and might be thinking, like, he's freaking out because it's like the 30th anniversary of this right or something yeah. like that but even but even if he thought he was freaking out that would just be enough reason just just to get rid of the damn right. thing just to get it oh as far away from him as possible uh vicky that's what i would do if i were principal bill <laughs> uh, vicky comes home to a worried mother and the mom says she needs to spend time with the lord not a doctor <laughs> of course uh vicky is she goes to the confessional and talks about her hallucinations, including Mary Lou Maloney. And the priest is a little freaked about it. But then Principal Bill burns his school photo from the office, the one that had the cracked frame. Vicky goes home and is going to bed where her white rocking horse has red eyes that follow her. And she looks at her drawing that she had she was working on and it's changed to become Mary Lou and tells the horse to go away and her sheets trap her and she gets free but the door is locked and then the mirror becomes this like watery thing and these hands come out and the horse sticks his tongue out at her and she throws a stereo at it and it's just like really freaking trippy stuff it's awesome yeah like the I love the hands under the sheets that was really cool cool. that yeah, this movie's really full of this stuff that you haven't seen before that once it's happening, it's like, why haven't I seen this before? Because that was just such a cool effect. All you got to do is just, you know, you know, make the sheets uh, tight. And they were like satin or something mm-hmm. that, so they'd show up better. And then, you know, you, you just got a couple of holes or whatever just to, you know, have hands run up and down a person. It looked really awesome. It was super yeah, creepy. It's, it's, it's like, you know, it's obviously knocking off Nightmare on Elm Street, but it's doing so with like fresh original like dream sequences mm-hmm. and its own flair to it so it's it's well like in the hands through the mirror that's um that's evil yeah, dead yeah, right it's there very much evil yeah dead. i mean people a lot of people like a lot of films will use like a, a watery mirror type thing and and mm-hmm. yeah it's super cool stuff and and just like in uh, nearly every elm street movie there's some kind of creepy tongue right. thing 
And we've got horse tongue in this one. Yes, horse tongue, which, you know, kind of reminds me of like the, uh, the, I think these were too close at the same time for them to be, one to be knocking off the other, but like the, the uh, deer bust on the, um, in Evil Dead 2 that starts going crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but she, Vicky goes to the cemetery to Mary Lou's grave, and she runs into the priest there and tells him something's happening at the school with Mary Lou. He tells her to go home, but she tells him off and runs away. And at the church, he light, has some candles and prays in some sort of like Latin to get a demon to depart. And <laughs> says, the body of Christ compels you. And because, yeah. you know, just switch a word and no one's going to come at you for rights and stuff but uh he returns to the cemetery <laughs> then and mary Lou's grave ignites his bible on fire yeah that was pretty i don't know i, I like the bible on fire i thought that was pretty, pretty awesome but also he, he's trying to exercise a demon he is he's doing it in the church which is nowhere near where mary Lou he's could like i'm be. doing this i don't know why safe he might as well be in Detroit. It doesn't matter. He's nowhere near where she's going to be. Right. It's not like she has omnipotent hearing. It's kind of like, why don't you find out where she could this be, Father Cooper? Well, Real bad priest. Well, he goes over to Principal Bill's house where Craig is fixing his bike. And I guess here's the reveal where he calls him Father Cooper, where we're supposed to be like, oh. And Bill and Cooper sit down and he tells Billy he's scared. He's like, I'm as guilty as you were. And I'm like, I don't think so, Coop. You didn't you didn't murder somebody. <laughs> you were just looking to get some action. Yeah, and Bill wants him to forget about everything, but Cooper's convinced she's going to come back. She's back in spirit form and is after them. And she can't possess a priest, but she could possess Bill. And Bill tells him to get out. And Coop gives him a cross and tells him to take communion then that's the end of that. And Craig goes to pick up Vicky who according to Craig looks awful. And Craig wants to know what's going on. Vicky first is like, you're not going to understand. But then she tells him she doesn't know what's real and what isn't. Uh, Kelly, the uh, prom competition uh, visits Josh at school and tells him to fix a computer voting to have her win for a hundred bucks. And he tells her a different price on the computer. And she says, he bastard and leaves also um this is 1987 there's no way they have computer voting <laughs> for this it's, it's gotta be just like handwritten ballots right. i thought like like i don't know if like high schools would do that now where you can vote for it and they definitely queen. would have had to print the results and it would have been a dot matrix oh sure printer, and i don't know if it would have been done printing by the time prom was over <laughs> probably not uh, it could be a big CAD cam uh, printer just firing this stuff right. out. The hot friend whose name is Monica, by the way, she gives Vicky her dad's old yearbook, and she and Vicky looks up Mary Lou, and then Bitchy Kelly taunts her, and she slaps her and gets detention. And Craig, Monica, and Josh have a little uh, conversation outside about maybe uh, she's possessed. And I can't, Josh makes, quotes the exorcist by saying, Your mother so sucks in hell, Father Karras. And I'm wondering if that's a, like, riff on, like, the television version of the exorcist. Did they say well, that? The, the line in the exorcist was, Your mother sucks cocks in hell, Father Karras. And right. I'm wondering if when right. they put it on TV, they redubbed it, so, so socks in hell, because you can't, 
say that. <laughs> so I'm wondering if that's a lie. Because like, um, you'll hear a lot of people, um, Die Hard 2 has one of the most like famously quoted... Um, Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Yeah. Falcon. <laughs> yeah, so I'm wondering if that's a, a draw on that. Uh, one of my favorites, though, is... Uh, the clean version of Crank, where they replace uh, motherfuckers with Mickey Fickies. It's oh hilarious. God. That's that's nothing. That's not. Those yeah, aren't they words. Actually, the, the people who made Crank, they had fun with the clean version. They actually they actually included the clean version on the uh, their home video releases because they were so happy with the ridiculous things they did to it. So. <laughs> well, it's a ridiculous so, movie. Yeah. So. Congratulations, Crank. Um, in detention, the words help me writes itself on the chalkboard, and Vicky gets, like, sucked into this. Like, the, the chalkboard becomes, like, this dark black water. It looks like um, Crystal Lake uh, water at nighttime. And it's Yeah, yeah, because it's super dark. And it's I've never seen that before where someone gets sucked into a chalkboard that becomes a whirlpool. Yeah. It's Might fantastic. Might be my favorite dream sequence thing. It's, like, really awesome. They've done, that they did in this movie. And then she finds herself naked in the prop room and goes to confession and asks Father Cooper to pray for her and then to fuck her. It's a big <laughs> free country. And she crashes through the booth and attacks him. And he's trying to do stuff. Demon, be gone. Be gone. Come on. There's no God, buddy. And there's no heaven. And do you know what pissed me off the most? No fucking wings. And stabs him with a crucifix. So apparently being religious doesn't matter because she will still just murder your ass. Yes. The power of Christ does not compel her. And, uh, <laughs> or the body of Christ in this movie. Uh, the next day school... At school, Monica tells Craig she has to see the way that Vicky's dressed. And she's there in a 1950s poodle skirt. And Bill notices it. And she gets snippy with Monica about her outfit. And Craig stops telling her to scram, telling Monica to scram. And at prom decorating, she's very controlling. And someone mentions that she, she talks like she's in an Elvis Presley movie. And, of course, Josh has to say she's possessed Linda Blairsville. Yeah. And, uh, I don't like the direct nods. Right. That's it's a little too... That's but a little I wanna, too much. I want to point out, like, um, I feel like these characters... I, I'm kind of... While, you know, putting a name on some of them might be hard, but they each got their own flavor. They're really kind of peppy, and they also feel like they could have come from, like, the Scream era of slasher movies where they're a bit self-aware of things because they talk mm-hmm. about possession they mention stuff about other horror movies they seem to have like a, a full understanding of their surroundings which was something that scream brought to the table and all of its the horror movies that followed for like the next decade would would have in their teen characters and i felt like this one was i, I guess you'd say ahead of its time but it's very unique that it's there yeah, there's stuff there's definitely elements of this movie that are better than they have any right to right. be like, like you see this movie, and you just think like, oh, right, it's another slasher movie, and it turns out to be a lot more than you expect. And that element, the, the self awareness, mm-hmm. that is, that is something that's, it is kind of neat. There are things that are a little too on the nose, um, you know, like the, Linda Blairsville. Like, yeah, it's a little, I don't know. 
I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, in class, um, Mr. Craven cops a feel on uh, Vicky. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Well, I'm, I completely missed know, that. Oh, my gosh. There are a lot of... Let me let me go through the roster for you. So, or maybe the maybe the people from that made this movie are just saying that uh, Wes Craven is a rampant pedophile. <laughs> Vicky's last name's Carpenter. Yeah. Oh have, yeah. Uh, Kelly's last name's Hen and Lauder. Moni- Monica's last name is Waters. Uh, Jess was just Browning, and then. Um, yeah, it's more of that scream vibe right. that you just mentioned. Oh, there was someone named Rom- Romero and a Dante in there as well. But it's kind of, mm. yeah, like... Uh, It'd be funny, like, here's uh, Gary uh, Argento. <laughs> this is uh, Peter Fulci. <laughs> and Dirk Bava. <laughs> have you have you, have you you met um, our foreign exchange student, uh, Francis Umberto Lenzi? <laughs> oh, yeah, that... Uh, uh... He just comes in eating a plate of spaghetti, like, okay, that's too much. Oh. <clears throat> but, yeah, like, it's um, kind of like uh, Sleepaway Camp 2. Yeah, with Sleepaway Camp 2, they named all their characters after Brat Pack people. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. This is a little <laughs> bit better than Sleepaway Camp. Um, so, Mr. Con- uh, Craven cops a feel on her, but she controls a burner telepathically to ignite on him and in the locker room monica confronts her about uh needing help and they fight and monica goes off to the shower and vicky follows her to the shower apologizes then tries to come on to her and then monica flips and runs off and they have this stalk scene in the locker room to which monica hides in the locker and vicky controls the lockers to smash together and this like blood oozes out yeah that was awesome when i when I saw that, I just said, shit. When I was watching this audibly, I just said it. It was just, damn, because that's another thing that I have not it's seen effective. in a movie. I've, Yeah, it was great. I've never seen a row of lockers crush someone from the inside. It was freaking great. She's in full-on Mary Lou mode, and she takes Craig to the prop room to fornicate, and she goes crazy trying to get him to fuck her, but Bill has a, a vision of Craig in the back of a car going down that the 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 that nightmare, nightmare hallway, hallway. Leaves and being accosted by Mary Lou, uh, Vicky goes to his front office when he is in his front office when he wakes and she torments him and then leaves and then we go to Vicky's home where she's riding that horse. <laughs> yes, Weird. that horse from hell. That's a big creepy look on its face the big red eyes yeah and her dad then comes to tell her about his first prom he's like you'll remember tonight forever and then she goes and makes out with her dad deep Deep. real deep and her mother walks in and sees it and calls her a harlot and tells her to repent her sins and she telepathically sends her mother flying through the door to which i I can applaud that it's that's fine that's the that's the best thing that Mary Lou does in the movie. It's the one time We're where she's a hero. Uh, so <laughs> Bill finds Craig and tries to keep him at home, but Craig wants to go and take care of all this. And then <laughs> Craig's dad, Bill, knocks him out, and he goes to he goes and digs up Mary Lou's grave, only to find Father Cooper's body in there. But in a way, touching moment, he like embraces him and is very upset by this. Well, yeah, it's 
you know, they they weren't friends. I mean, they yeah. knew each other, but he d- certainly didn't deserve that. Again, he was just a teenager trying to get some right. tail. That doesn't. <laughs> that's not yeah, worthy I of being I don't murdered. Where, like Cooper, his guilt in all. Like, did he go? Did they have this plan? Like, okay, we're gonna entice her, and then you're gonna drop a stink bomb that you steal. And like, I don't see how they're. I don't see where Cooper's guilt in any of that is. Uh, it's survivor's yeah. guilt, I guess. Um, at prom, Josh is taking photos, um, and he has a gift, and he's waiting on Monica. And so that I guess there's your connection to that scene you didn't like earlier. Yeah, uh, Craig I guess. wakes up, and he calls Vicky's home, only to hear her now Mary Lou-themed answering machine pick up. Hi, Mary Lou speaking. Sorry I can't come to the phone right now, but I'm busy at the prom. Places to go, people to kill. Don't bother leaving a message. Vicky doesn't live here anymore. Yeah, she had enough time to make out with her dad, murder her mother, and then record a new answering machine message. Yeah. What was her dad doing when that was going on? I, yeah, too? I don't know. Like, yeah, because she never... So my daughter just made out with me, telepathically threw my wife out the window. I'm going to go have a beer. <laughs> I guess, yeah, like, he should be, like, concerned, he should be, like, fighting, like, I don't know, like, when they made out, he, she must have sucked uh, something out of his head, right. you know, any kind of resistance, I don't know. So, uh, Principal Bill readies himself up for the showdown by dressing up in a suit, uh, loading a gun, and, and grabbing that tiara. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think he really has a plan right. here. He's just going to see what happens. Uh, Josh goes to his computer room and has a beer to tally up votes. And Kelly confronts him and he tells her, yep, you didn't win. And he said, you knew my price. And she starts to give him a BJ. So that's what it was. And uh, Bill walks the halls with the gun out openly. But he hides it when he sees some students. And then Kelly returns to the dance and her boyfriend kisses her. And he's like, got any more of those mints? Great. <laughs> Her boyfriend loves yes. dick and, and mints. Josh reveals that Vicky was the winner, and uh, Ken- Kelly Henenlotter is now the victor, but the computer tells him he's wrong, and he's trying to change it, but the computer says, nope, it, it's not, and he gets electrocuted, and like he gets viciously zapped. Yeah, the computer says that he's dead wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, the computer yeah, says dead wrong, and then it electrocutes him. The winner, uh, nominee for a cult cinema cavalcade movie joke of the year. Um, <laughs> w- uh, the winner of the prom gets announced. It's Vicky, and Bill climbs up to the, into the rafters in his uh, normal murdering prom queen position. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's like, ah, he's like, they keep pulling me back in to murder prom yeah, queens. Craig arrives at the school, and some guys look at Kelly... And goes, he goes, hey, Kelly, how'd you blow it? <laughs> and then she shows them. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bill shoots down Victy as Craig is entering the prom, and like she convulses a bunch, and a hand comes out and, uh, and like, yeah. tosses Craig away. And from her emerges a monstrous, like looking burned up Mary Lou. And she starts carrying this place, including like a neon light impales Kelly. Yeah, but by the way, the stage covered with giant neon lights. How damn rich is this school to afford 
these enormous neon lights. It's like two stories tall of neon lights. Budget, apparently. Apparently, like their education. Well, that's why the ballet class is in the same room as the <laughs> right. art class. They blew their budget on neon lights. Oh, so as as she's doing all this, Mary Lou starts to seem a bit more restored and not as gruesome as it goes on. And she fights with Bill, or with she fights has a fight with Craig as Bill falls from the rafters, and Craig then heads to the prop room as Mary Lou chases after him. Uh, attacking him telepathically, and he he winds up finding Josh's body in like an Egyptian sarcophagus that was in there. Yeah, like his like head spins around yeah. and says, "You're in deep yeah. shit." Uh, he hears a crying at the door, and it's Vicky, and he lets her in. But we know better. Uh, she's wo- she's wondering what had happened to her, but you know it's still Mary Lou who opens the chest and tries to suck Craig in there, and Bill shows up. And he puts on puts the tiara on Mary Lou and kisses her, and the camera zooms in to her tombstone, and there's an explosion, and we're like transported back to 1957 prom with Bill and Mary Lou dancing sweetly. It's like okay, and then Craig. <laughs> it's like oh, yeah. it's the prom that Bill envisioned being perfect. I guess. Uh, I think I think at this point it's like we're we're close to the end of the movie. Let's just show a bunch of stuff that. Looks like we're wrapping right. it up. Uh, Craig awakes in the chest, or, and or he wakes, and the chest closes with a cross dangling from it, and then Vicky cries from it. He opens the chest, pulls her out, and she's all like wet and gooey, like she'd been to the the other side. Well, she's probably gonna get wet and gooey right. later with Craig. Uh, he asks if she drinks sugar in her coffee, which is a, a nod to the line at the diner earlier in the movie. And he's testing her to see if she's Mary Lou and can answer it correctly. And she says, nope, that stuff will kill you. So they go outside. It's a crime scene. They're leaving. And Craig's dad, Bill's there. And he finds him, offers him a ride to give him home. And when they get in the car, he turns on the radio, which is some 50s music. And he he has a ring on his hand. On his hand and he says, hey, kids, they're playing our song. The windows go up. The doors lock. His eyes are blue, and it drives off the end. (laughs) So just like the kids in Nightmare on Elm Street, they're being driven away by their supernatural killer of dream sequences and stuff. Mm -hmm. So all that fighting was for nothing. They're going to die anyway. Mary Lou is still out there. But I think that the the thing was, the goal of this movie was Mary Lou possessing um, Bill, I guess. Yeah. To ruin him. Yeah. that was like her second, uh, maybe that was like her primary goal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, she certainly wanted to be prom well, Cooper queen. Cooper seemed to be worried about again. it. Yeah. Well, he's a priest. It's his job to worry about right. stuff. But yeah, they, they, they go off to not be seen again because they're not in prom night three. <laughs> again, they were murdered. It was all Mary for nothing. Mary Lou will return in prom night three, The Last Kiss. Hey, kids. Now comes the time in our episode where we rate the film we discussed. As we are cult cinema cavalcade, we have our options accordingly, which are stay with your family, which means hmm, you're not going to go to prom this year. You'll probably go to after prom, but you know, uh, converted. Um, you're going to go with yourself. Uh, you're going to go stag to prom. You're fine. Um, and 
Drink the Kool-Aid. You're heading to prom and throwing stink bombs. So, Cullen, how do you rate Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2? I say that this has uh, some really good special effects. The desks were really creative. You know, it, it's a lot better than just a standy where it's like, oh, I got stabbed, someone got their throat cut, you know, stuff like that. This had stuff seen before. And I've seen a lot of slasher movies. And so I was... I was still surprised by this movie. I think now uh, this movie also had a, a, a bit of a, a twist on a, a running theme of our movies of, of the dick punch. Uh, there was not a dick punch, but in the scene where the, uh, the, <laughs> the fire shoots out of uh, like the Bunsen burner or like the gas line, it, it lights the guy's crotch on fire. So there's no dick stab or dick punch, but there is dick fire. So any kind of crotch trauma is a big plus for our movies, in my opinion. Uh, so um, it's also got supernatural stuff, which I'm a pretty big fan of. So I will say that I am converted on uh, Prom Night So, Brandon, how do you rate Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night You so. like uh, dicks in danger. That's what... Uh... <laughs> There's a movie called Dick Danger. You know Dick I'm Danger. there. Uh, Prom Night Two. It it's a it's a it's a movie that's got an energy. It's it's very fun. It seems like everybody behind it was whether they thought they were making the horror or the haunting of Hamilton High or Prom Night Two seemed to be all into it. Like I said, I I like um the the teenagers in the movie. Uh, I think they bring something a little bit different than what you get a, a lot of times. The dream sequences are great. I really impressive, and um, for being around the same time as Elm Street and ribbing off that, um, they're they're more impressive than a lot of the entries, and even more impressive than some of the stuff in the better Elm Street entries. Uh, the the story is, you know, it's you know not trying to hide that it's you know carrying Elm Street uh, with a lot of other horror nods thrown in there. Um, but just goes and does what it does what it does. It's got some cool deaths, and I I like it. I'm gonna go with a strong converted. Uh, I like this actually better than Prom Night One. I I think it's a, a sequel is better than the original. It's definitely the the best of the Prom Nights, and really you don't have to see any other ones of them to see this movie. And it's it's a fun '80s horror film. Uh, coming in the second wave of slashers, where uh, killers were given you know more personalities and supernatural powers, so it's it's very much in the in the vein of the the uh, Freddy, Chucky, Shocker that that type of killer, um, and this is one of the better ones. So it's also a movie that I really would like a Blu-ray release of, and I wrote a a uh, I wrote a I used to write a Blu-ray wish list piece. I do it once a year now, but I used to do it monthly, and I wrote about Hello Mary Lou 2 being on there and I really wanted it and uh, you know um, Scream Factory uh, the offshoot of Shout Factory actually uh, saw my article and tweeted me at the time saying hey we we tried we couldn't get it so somebody's got it and they're not letting it go so um, or someone outbid Scream Factory and is just not putting it out for some reason but I I would love to see uh, people uh, going back and talking about this movie like whoever they had around that they could get uh, to come back and you know just share this production because I'm really interested because it was another movie, <laughs> not a prom night before going in and now it's part of a franchise. So, I mean, 
I'm sure you, I'm sure you can get Michael Ironside. That's that's yeah. who you want to get. I mean, yeah. they, I mean, if it was Shout Factory, they get they get some people. That, I mean, they got Mel Gibson to come back for a Mad Max, uh, like a third release of Mad Max on Blu-ray. So they can they can they can have, and they've gotten Lithgow multiple times for things. So it's yeah, impressive. Uh, they could get Luis Ferreira. They could get Ironside. I'm sure they come back. So yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, and see what Mary Lou's doing nowadays. <laughs> she probably has a real estate license. So yes, I yeah. We that's two for two converted on. Hello, Mary Lou Prom Night. Mr. Craven, boys and girls, this moment will be inserted into the annals of scientific history, and I think we all know how painful that can be. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing 1989's Death Spa, starring Ken Foray. Joining us for discussion will be none other than the girls in the back row, Kate and Tab. Um, this is a podcast. I'm, it's a horror podcast. I'm a big fan of, and I'm really excited that they are going to uh, slum it and come over here and, and talk with us about Death Spa. Um, looking forward to it. You can check out their their podcast. It's on the Fangoria Network and on iTunes. With one episode, we'll be du- what tripling the amount of females we've had on yes, the show. Right making up for lost time in our first year. And we're also going to be our first four-person episode, too. So if you love if you love Ooh. people talking over people, there's a good chance you're going to get some of that next time. <laughs> so sorry to those of you who came. Um, maybe uh hoping to hear Justin Beam on here. Uh, he's got a bit of a following. So um, he will be coming on later. I don't know what the movie is yet, um, but he'll be picking it. And we hope you come back for that. Uh, we hope you just enjoyed us two schmucks talking about Prom Night 2. It's a movie we both liked. Um, but this episode has come to an end. And we look forward to next time. But first, stay tuned for the trailer for Death Spa. The trailer that actually trails. Michael. Michael. Killing yourself isn't so hard, really. Come to me. I need you. Jump! 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 Death Spawn. Welcome to the health club where you'll sweat blood. Never work without a spotter, Freddy. Wake falls on your chest and you can really get squashed. It's the place for a killer workout. An unquiet spirit reaches out from beyond the grave. Welcome to my party. For revenge. I will destroy this place. And I'll kill them all. Unless you do as I say. Exercise in Terror. A fantastic weight reduction program. People get so thin they disappear. (laughs) 
Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. You can find more of Cullen's work on the Creative Zombie Studios Network and on Twitter at my name is Cullen. You can find more of Brandon's work at whysoblue.com and on Twitter at btpeters. Podcast produced by Brad Shoemaker. Edited by Brandon. Narration by Becky. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf found on the freemusicarchive.org network. The movie in today's discussion is property of its respective studio and no infringement is intended. Please remember to leave us an iTunes rating and review. Join us again in two weeks for the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. See you later.